What's up, you guys? Steven Milhausen here from DAZN, the host of the Walkway to Fight Club in. It is Friday, February 19th, 2021. And before we even begin things, I do want to apologize. The podcast was supposed to be recorded last night. Daryl Rivera had an issue. Not an issue, but he had some kind of an urgent matter that needed to be taken care of. So Daryl went and took care of that, and I'm recording this now. So I do apologize for that. But wow, got a great guest coming up today. The host of Showtime Championship Boxing, Brian Custer, will join me. We talk about all things Adrian Broner as he returns to the ring coming up on Saturday night against Giovanni Santiago from the Mohegan Sun out in Unicavassel, Connecticut, live and only on Showtime at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's an interesting fight, and we talked to Brian, because Brian helped me out with a piece I wrote for The Zone about questions that, because there's so many questions surrounding Adrian Broner, so we talk all about that. Does Santiago even have a shot? We even talked some NBA right at the beginning. So I had a really good chat with Brian Custer. But we'll give a little preview here in a moment. But don't forget, and thank you to everyone that listened to the podcast with Tom Lawler earlier this week. Tom was fantastic. Make sure you, hopefully you guys did watch Filthy Island on DAZN. It was amazing. <laughs> like it, it was everything you thought it would be, and then some. So I thought a job well done by Tom, a great a job well done by MLW. But it's it, simple, guys. To listen to to that podcast, this podcast with Brian Custer, it's simple. Download any of the the podcasting platforms. So there's like ten gazillion out there. You got iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Podcast that Podcast Addict. Or some other pod, Jovio San that were based in India, which were very popular around, by the way. Getting downloads now from around iHeart, which is pretty cool. I think that's pretty badass. So we're also part of the iHeart team. I'm honored to be a part of that team. So you can download on I, the iHeart app, uh, Spotify, Google, Google Play, iTunes, anywhere and everywhere. You can listen to all of our previous stuff. We got stuff with John Moxley. We got the Young Bucks. We got got Tom Lawler. We'll have Brian Custer, WWE Champion Drew McIntyre, Bailey. We got tons of great interviews. A ton more of great interviews potentially happening next week. One is already confirmed that we will have in the books that I'll announce at the end of the podcast. But rate, review, download, subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave a good review. Leave a five, leave five stars. It is greatly appreciated. Let's get to the preview. Broner Santiago. It is the long-awaited return of Adrian Broner after a 25-month layoff. A lot of issues, and you know when I talked to Brian Custer Wednesday, the fight was still scheduled to take place at 140 pounds, but there, as Brian Custer said. Broner weight, and that's what actually what ended up happening is yesterday, on Thursday, the contract was changed, and the fight was scheduled now to be at 147 pounds, which is the welterweight division, and Broner weighed in this morning at 146, and Santiago came in at 145 and a quarter. Both guys were not going to make 140. I don't get why PBC even made this and put it in a press release that this would be taking place at 140 pounds. 
It should have just been a welterweight bout to begin with or a catchweight of like 145. Something. You know, that makes Broner look bad. That makes Santiago look bad. But both guys were struggling to make. Broner came in nearly as a cruiserweight. He came in around one. When he started camp, he was over 180. And then Santiago was where he was. I don't know how much Santiago weighed, but Santiago took this fight on short notice. It was about three weeks. No one's really given Santiago much of a chance. Broner, according to Bet MGM, is a 9-1 to favorite. I would lay some money on Santiago just for cracks and giggles. I think Broner wins this pretty handily just because if you look at it, Santiago's never fought in the, in the United States. Fought primarily in Puerto Rico. He's never faced an opponent anywhere near the caliber of Adrian Broner. And I'm not even saying this Adrian Broner in 2021 is top 15 at 140 or 147. But the one thing Adrian Broner does carry, he's a draw. Like it or not, a lot of people don't. I'm indifferent to it. To me, more eyeballs on boxing and combat sports. Good, bad, or indifferent is good. And that's what he brings. He brings that casual fan in. He's caught the attention of the hip-hop audience. He's caught the attention of the casual fan. What he's built himself up as, people resonate with. When you have that emotional connection to an athlete, it's hard to break away from that. You know, and one of the things we talk about, I talk about with Brian Custer is, is he being too much, trying to be too much like Floyd Mayweather instead of trying to be the first Adrian Broner? And I've always felt that was a problem with Broner was the talent was there at 130. was there at 145. You can even say, okay, even though he didn't fight much at 140, it was there at 140 except for the fight with Mikey Garcia. But you've seen flashes of it at 140. He's got quick hands. He's got quick feet. He's got great power. He's better in that 130 to 140 range. I really do. But people resonate with him. For all the outlandish things he does, how he acts, it's, that's resonated with people. He is a bitcher. I think this will do a great number tomorrow night. I really do. I think the rating for this is going to be very good. He will win. And then it will be another. He wants to fight three times this year, so he'll win. Another step up, and then I think he takes a big fight at the end of the year. Even though he's turned, he right now has said he wants nothing to do with Regis Progray, which Progray's wanted that fight for over three years. But a big fight for Adrian Broner, a fight I think, I think the smart thing would be build up the rounds, get the rounds in. You haven't fought in 25 months since losing to Manny Pacquiao. But Broner could also be of that mindset of, let's get in and get out. Let's get in a few rounds. Let's dust off some of the of the rust, get some of that rust knocked off, and then go finish this guy in the middle rounds or you get into the later rounds of the fight. But I think Adrian Broner, I'm going to go with eighth round stoppage. He beats Giovanni Santiago, and we see Adrian Broner get, another, get his first win. Think about that. First win in over five years. Think about that nonsense. And yet he is still a, still a big draw, a marquee attraction. He sells tickets. He draws ratings, which leads to advertising dollars. So, where it makes money, it makes sense in this world, unfortunately. Another big fight coming up tomorrow night. Oscar Valdez, Miguel Burchelt, junior featherweight, junior lightweight title on the line. This fight is going to be awesome. I am 25% Mexican. This is going to be an all-Mexican war, and I cannot wait. It will be on simulcast on ESPN and ESPN+. 
the main card begins at 10 Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific. Make sure you guys watch that fight. An all-action fight. I'm going with Miguel Burchelt. I think he's one of the best guys in the world at 130 pounds. But it's going to be a war. He's, they're both going to pay the price. But it's going to be a fantastic fight. The UFC is also in action. Out at the Apex in Las Vegas. Heavyweights. Number two ranked Curtis Blades. Number four ranked Derek Lewis. This is a hard one. Actually, no, not really. <laughs> Curtis Blades, a sizable favorite. He is, the last time I looked, Curtis Blades was a minus 450 favorite through BetMGM. I haven't looked at those lines in two days, but the last time I looked, and he was that size of a favorite, and Derek Lewis was a plus 333. I'd lay some money on Derek Lewis. I think this is an easy fight for Curtis Blades, but Curtis Blades has to make sure he doesn't get caught in this tightrope he's in with the UFC. He's pro-union. The UFC doesn't. They're like, yeah, yeah, no. We control you. And I think there's a big chip on the shoulder of Curtis Blades here. He's close. He's on the cusp of another champion, of a, his first title shot. A big win by Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis is right in that conversation. He beat Fran- He's the last guy to beat Francis Naganu. So Regardless of what we think of the fight, Derek Lewis did fight not well, but he fought good enough to win. To beat, in my mind, the scariest puncher in the history of mixed martial arts. I'm going with Curtis Blades. I think he beats Derek Lewis up. I think I think Curtis Blades wins by third round stoppage. And that is my picks, my selections. If you disagree with any of those, follow the podcast, rate, review, download, subscribe. On your, any of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, we got Overcast, Podcast Addict, you name them, and we're on there. So I, that really does mean a lot. Thank you to everyone that has been listening. Mother Russia delivering again. Man, you guys are rabid out there. So it gives me, tickles my ivories a little bit. But thank you guys so much. It really doesn't mean a lot. It's greatly appreciated. You disagree with any of my picks, leave a review, tell me why. But also, we're on Facebook. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. The podcast is also, we also have a Twitter page at Walk and Walkway Fight, and also on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Right now, here is my chat with the host of Showtime Championship Boxing, the one and only Brian Custer. We'll just get right into it. And, you know, I was doing my research on you, and I can't believe I never noticed this before because I follow you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You are also you also do stuff for serious the serious XM NBA channel. How do you how do you balance boxing and uh, boxing now looks like Showtime's getting Showtime's getting back into MMA and the NBA. How are you balancing everything? Uh time management. Uh, <laughs> careful time management is the key. <laughs> What do you make right now of how the NBA has been able to handle everything going on with COVID-19? In all honesty, I think the NBA is doing a pretty good job and doing the best they can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the league is. Um, I know that, you know, there's some stories that, you know, uh, some of the top top guys are hesitant to do, uh, like these PSAs for the league, you know, advocating people to get vaccinated. Uh, but, you know, so they, they have done 
an unbelievable job considering that all of these guys are, you know, at home and, you know, you haven't had that big um, outbreak that has just, you know, taken uh, a team and knocked them out for a month or things of that nature where it's, it's been a really big problem for college basketball more so than it has been for the NBA. You know, I'm based here in Chicago, Brian, and my Bulls, it seems like my Bulls are finally, they're starting to get a li- they're starting to play well a little bit, and we're starting to see some good things from them. What do you expect yeah. for the rest of this season for my Chicago Bulls? Um, you know, listen, they're, they're still young. I think I think they got a great coach. You know, I've seen Billy Donovan, who's going to coach them up. Uh, but I think for Chicago, I mean, they, they're just lacking that point guard. I think they've got some young pieces there. It's, it's whether, what do they want to do with Zach Levine? Do they want to build around Zach? Or uh, are they trying to use him as a big chip uh, and and try to trade? But I think when you look at that squad, they just, they're, they're screaming for a point guard. And, and, and you know, Kobe's a, he's, I, he, he plays it, but he's a scorer. Yeah. And they need somebody who's going to set the table for them. I think that's probably why they've been lurking around Lonzo Ball. Uh, but they just need they need the consummate uh, point guard there and, and health. I mean, you know, Laurie Martin was was all of a sudden playing well and then gets hurt again. And so if, if, they, if those guys could stay healthy, Wendell Carr, all of those guys could stay healthy and they get themselves a, a really good, point guard i think you'll start seeing chicago on the rise now oh, you're making me excited now brian i'm i've been losing faith the last couple of years but it seems like with billy donovan they're really leading them on the right path and one more basketball question because you talked about zach levine and this has been prop coming up here on chicago radio is, yeah. is zach levine a superstar or is is he just gonna be is he gonna be always in that second tier but I think that's up to Zach Levine to determine that. I think he's a. I think he's a star. For me, I, I, to me, a superstar is a guy who can take over the game and put a team on its back and still win games. So, uh, for example, you know, obviously LeBron is the, the consummate consummate example of that. But Damian Lillard, look at what poor, look at the. Look at the number of injuries that Portland goes through every year. Yeah. And then finally going into this year, they said, okay, we're finally healthy. This could be the year. And then what happens? Yusuf Nurkic, you know, breaks his wrist. Uh, CJ McCollum now has the foot. Lord knows when we're going to see Zach Collins. I mean, my goodness, it, it, that kid has just been, you know, injury after injury. But yet, here they are, well over 500. And why? Because Damian Lillard refuses to lose and refuses to go to, as he talks about, a super team. He wants to be in one place and 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 be at the place that, that got him there. And that man continues to make big shot after big shot. And I don't I don't know why uh, we're not talking about him for MVP. Because to me that's what a superstar does. Put the team on its back, even when you don't have anything and still win games. Can Zach Levine do that? I guess we'll have to see. He's still young enough to take another step. He's a star. I wouldn't say superstar just yet. God, I can talk basketball with you for hours. But the reason we are the reason we are talking today, my friend, is because 
You are the host of Showtime Championship Boxing. Showtime Returns is coming Saturday out at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. And the former four-division world champion does return, Adrian Broner, facing Giovanni Santiago. And, but before I want to talk about that fight, I think the co-main, Brian's not getting a lot of love. Otto yeah. Wallin, Dominique Brazil, I think that's going to be a heck of a fight that people aren't getting enough credit to. Well, absolutely. Only for this simple fact that you have two guys who need a victory. And uh, listen, Aldo Valin is a guy who just came off a win with Travis Kaufman. But, you know, Kaufman kind of got hurt. So it was like, as he even told us when we had our fighter meeting with, hey, look, I got the win, but, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to keep stacking wins over quality opponents if I'm ever going to get uh, a, a shot at the at the brass ring again. If I'm ever going to get a rematch against Tyson Fury, or if I'm going to uh, get a shot against Joshua, or like he said, even Deontay Wilder or Luis Ortiz, yeah. somebody like an Andy Ruiz. You know, he he wants those type of guys, and he knows that. Hey, if I can get a, a win against a, a puncher like Dominic Brazil, all of a sudden people start looking at me like, hey, you know what? Maybe that Tyson Fury, that fight wasn't a fluke. This this guy can fight. And, and he even said, um, for me to get a win like this would do me a, a lot of credit because he's trying to get out of that, that shadow of the Tyson Fury fight because, as he put it, I still lost. People would like treat me like, oh, it was a great effort and, and things of that. He's like, but I still lost. And, you know, I want I want to stack wins where people are talking about my wins as opposed to my losses. You know, you look at Brazil and do you think, Brian, that he's really over that loss of Deontay Wilder? Because it was hyped up so much on his end and then it yeah. ended right it ended before you can even go to the go to the kitchen, grab a pop, and then go back and sit on your couch. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, only I think I think only he can answer that. Um, now, Dominic Dominic said it took him only a couple of days to get over that loss, and you know, he said he went he went back, watched the film, watched it over and over again, and said, okay, you know what? And and the one thing I thought that interesting that he told me was that he put too much emotion into that fight. There's so much build up of the bad blood between him and Deontay and Deontay's brother. And he said, I came into that ring, and he says, listen, you got to have some kind of anger at your opponent. Uh, he said, but I, I, I came in there just all emotion, and when I got in there, I didn't even stick to the game plan because I just wanted to go at this guy, and what happened? He didn't keep his hands up, and then boom, he gets, he gets nailed. Um, now, he says he's over it. Um, that was, that's one of the questions I think we all – Want, want to know, you know, what happens if he if he gets hit um, and he gets hurt? Uh, does he fight his way back, uh, or uh, is it lights out again? I mean, we saw what happened with uh, Spilka when Spilka suffered that big knockout by Wilder. What happened when he came back? When he came back, Adam Kovnowski walked right through him, and um, so we'll, I guess we'll find out Saturday. And I think that's what makes this fight so intriguing. You know, and I agree with that. And, you know, you look to the main event, the return of Adrian Broner. And before we get into everything with AB, when what do you know about Giovanni Santiago? Because I don't know much beyond he really hasn't yeah. fought outside of Puerto Rico. What do yeah. you know about Santiago? Yeah, I think, you know, just a guy, again, who uh, is making his U.S. debut, a guy who is unbeaten. But, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at some of the – and looking at some of his, his fights on YouTube, I mean, he's a guy who's got a good left hook who, who, who 
he's, he does really good body work. Um, and I think, if anything, I think that's that's what makes this fight somewhat um, intriguing because, you know, Adrian in the past hasn't been, number one, he's been a slow starter. And then number two, he hasn't been very active when in between rounds. I mean, so, you know, he's not going to throw a lot of punches and he will give you the body. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Santiago, who has been active and has been fighting, in fact, just fought a couple months ago, uh, says, okay, I'm going to push the pace on this guy. He hasn't fought in two years. Let's see. Uh, he's had to drop a lot of weight. Let's see what his conditioning like, and let's see what, he, what he's about. And, uh, and I think that that's if you're Santiago, I think that's probably his game plan is to push the pace, dictate the pace, and, and just come forward uh, to Adrian. You know, when getting into Adrian, because you're one of the only people that's really talked to him. He's starting to, I seen him do a couple things this week, but he's done a couple yeah. of interviews with you on your on your podcast, the Last Stand right. with Last Stand podcast with Brian Custer, and and great right. job by the way, Brian. You got the PR people on the ball because right when that podcast comes out, I got an email at like five in the morning saying uh, saying it. the podcast is out. So it's absolutely fa- it. fantastic. And you know, how much do you think? the activity is going to hurt Broner here because it's 25 months. It's not like it's 12 months. It's not 18 months, 25 months of being gone for over two years is a long time to be away from the ring. You know, it, it is a long time. And, you know, there are guys who have come back and said, Hey man, you know, I, I was a little bit rusty. Um, I think we'll find out uh, Saturday, you know, the reports, uh, I've heard is that he's looked sharp in sparring, but it is sparring. Um, and I think we'll find out. Um, he, he, the one thing he told me was that he's going to come back a different guy this time and that he's coming back an angry, uh, an angry uh, Adrian Broner. And to me, I take that as a more active Adrian Broner. In other words, I'm going to let my hands go is what everyone wants to know about Broner. Will he let his hands go? And to me, I think that's what we should see. Um, if we don't, then, you know, listen, I think it's the same old, same old. Uh, but I, I, I think that that's what adds the intrigue to the fight to see that after two years, can he come back and can he reinvent himself because he says he has? Uh, we'll find out Saturday, though. You know, you said something there that, you know, was re- really caught my attention about reinventing himself. And, you know, we've heard that from Adrian before. And, you know, and you want to believe guys because it's in girls because it's like you want to see fighters at their optimum best each and every time they yeah. enter the ring. Do you do you when you're hearing that, do you believe he can reinvent himself again? Or do you think it's just talk and we're going to see the Adrian Broner that we've seen against Garcia and those in Pacquiao? You know, I think that here's where I, I've seen the maturity because I think one of the questions I asked him was, how do we know this time it's for sure? And he said, the only way you'll find out is by my performance on Saturday night. And to me, that showed maturity because I think in the past he would have just given you any kind of answer, but he, he gave you an honest answer. It was, hey, look, if I come out Saturday – and I walk through this guy, you guys see that I've, I've been training and I was serious. Um, and I think that's what we'll find out Saturday is, has he reinvented himself? I will say this. He has trained like a madman yeah. for this fight. Um, that part is true. I mean, listen, he had to drop you know, basically 40 pounds. Um, 
to 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 make 140. Uh, so I know he has he has trained hard for this, and even said that after this fight, he maybe was going to take a week off, but going right back to the gym. And he's not going to. There's no more partying in between fights. Uh, he's going to stay active and said he wanted to fight three times this year, which I thought was really interesting because I think you want to see that. You want to see an Adrian Broner that's active. And I think if we if we see a guy who throws his hands and a guy who definitely fights three times this year, yeah, I think we've seen a changed man. You know, and, this, and I wanted to ask you this because this, look at what he did at 130. Look what he did at 135. And even he had some success yeah. at 140. Do you think – 140 right now at this stage of the game for him is going to be the best move for him in his career going forward. Absolutely. Because I think at 147, it's just, I I just think it's too much, too big. Uh, You know, Adrian, when he connects, obviously uh, is, is a really good puncher, but you know, there, there are other guys there that can throw too. And I just think 147 was too big for Adrian. Uh, I think 140, is really good for him because, you know, he, he can use his speed and he can use his power. I think it's the optimum weight for him. You know, I know people sometimes they tried to joke and say that the Broner weight, which is between 140 and 147. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> You're but not wrong. I, I just think from I think 140 is is the best thing for him because I, I think he's a, he can use his lightning fast hands. And he's got power to really hurt people. Uh, and listen, there could be some some really big fights for him at 140. And and I'd, I'd like to see him uh, stay right at 140 and, and make that division just as hot as lightweight is right now. You know, and you you know thinking about you know you look, I'm thinking about his career and everything like that, and listen to past interviews and. It seemed like, and like he said, you know, he seems like he's been humbled by every all the every, the extracurricular stuff that has gone on. Do you think yeah. he was trying to be too much like Floyd Mayweather instead of trying to be the first Adrian Broner? I think no. I think you know. I think obviously when you when you come up under kind of like Floyd, you know, you're gonna kind of take a page from that uh, blueprint. But then I think he kind of put his own twist on it. And I think for Adrian, with the success he had in the ring, the outside success came as well. And, you know, listen, I think at the time, you know, HBO, it was really trying to blow him up. And uh, a lot came to him very quickly. And that's hard for a kid that comes from the hood of Cincinnati who's never had anything, all of a sudden to be a multi-world champion, multi-weight division. Now you've got a few millions of dollars. How do you handle that? And, there's, you know, he didn't have a playbook on how to handle that. And he kind of got you know, kind of got out there. He didn't know. And, and I'll be honest, the one thing he said to me I thought was really interesting he said at the time he didn't even realize how popular he became. He just thought it was being him, just going as he said, yeah. going out and turning up. But he didn't realize how popular he had gotten. And you know, as much as he wanted it, he got it. He got what he wanted. And I don't know if he knew how to handle it. The, the, the thing about Floyd is Floyd knew how to handle it. Um, because he came from a fighting family. So he knew how to handle that thing. 
And then he had really good people around him to steer him yeah. the right way to keep that money. And I think that was the, that was where with Adrian he didn't have anybody. He just had him. And you know what? He he got sidetracked for a while. But you know what? He'll tell you this. People try to say like, yeah, maybe he's past his prime. Maybe he is. He is just thirty-one years old. Just because he's, I think because he's been fighting for you know for a decade now. You just think he's older. But he's just 31. He's still a young man. And, you know, I think he said this on the podcast. You know, he sees himself fighting for the next four or five years. So um, he can change. He can make that change. Um, And he's learned from his mistakes. I think he realizes now he's at an age where, listen, guys like Tank, guys like Errol Spence, they still look up to to Adrian. They still go to him for for advice. Danny Garcia even – uh, went to him after suffering a loss, and, and Adrian was the one who, who talked to him, like, hey, look, it happens to all of us. You know what? Bounce back from it. So all of these guys still go to Adrian, and I think I asked him before, I said, why don't you take your own advice? <laughs> right? He said, and he just shook his head. He said, you know what? It's a great question. I just haven't. And he said, but now, you know what? I've had to learn that uh, I've got to because he goes, too many of these guys look up to me and I can't be out here acting crazy when these guys kind of look up to me. And you know what? I think we all go through a, a we all have a seminal moment in our life that kind of uh, brings about a change. And I think that change is, is, is comfort. Two more questions, Brian, and thank you so much for sure. the time today. It's really appreciated. And based off all of that, and this, this was one big thing I really wanted to hit with you in, Considering everything that has gone on with AB, do you feel like this is his last shot? Because not many guys get a second chance. Not many yeah. guys get a third chance. Not many guys even right. now get a fourth chance. Do you feel like this is the last stand for Adrian Broner? Well, I, I, I wouldn't say in fighting because of his name and what he's built. He's always going to be a draw now. Is this his, maybe his last stand when it comes to headlining and maybe a pay-per-view headliner? Sure. You can't, at this point, you can't, you can't afford losses and bad losses and think that you're still going to be a headliner for a pay-per-view or a headliner for a main event type of fight. Now, it'll be the opposite. All of a sudden, now you just become the opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he would still get he would still get fights because of his name. But all of a sudden, he's the B side as opposed to the A side. How does he win on Saturday night? Because I think he can win a couple different ways. Does he want the question? Is does he want to get rounds? He can go get rounds. He can go six, seven, eight, nine, ten rounds and look good, and then finish them off later on in the fight. Or do you think he's of that mindset of, I, w- I have to look as great as possible, regardless if I finish him in round one or finish him off in round 11? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more the latter. I think, I think Adrian, I got the sense from talking to him that he, he feels like I have put in a whole lot of hard work. I put down the bottle, not drinking anymore. I'm not partying anymore. I think I'm putting that lifestyle away. And I want to show people uh, the work 
that I've put in, and that means a spectacular performance. And and for me, I think this is a guy who's going to come out there and show, as he talks about twin, that twin is back. And that means a guy who, as opposed to being a counterpuncher, uh, is a guy who walks forward and says, let me try to walk to this guy. And I dictate the pace of this fight. I'm the, I'm the bully in the ring and try to end this fight um, early. And I, to me, I think that's what he's, he's looking for because he knows a lot of people will be watching because of his name. And I think he wants to put on a really, really good performance to show people that Adrian Broner is back. But he also, he also listen, he, he knows too that, hey, look, this, this, this guy's not on my level and I need to show this guy that he's not on my level. Brian, this is the first time we've ever chatted. This has been great. Thank you so much for the time today. It really does means a lot, and it's greatly appreciated. I look forward to seeing you at 9 p.m. on Showtime coming up on Saturday night. Brian, the best of luck Saturday, and hopefully we can do this again soon. My brother, anytime. All right, thank you. Okay, buddy. A big thank you to Brian Custer, the host of Showtime Championship Boxing. The broadcast begins on Saturday night. 9 Eastern, 8 Central from the Mohegan Sun out in Unica Vassal, Connecticut, live and only on Showtime. 9 Eastern, 8 Central, and 6 Pacific. Adrian Broner, Giovanni Santiago, and now what is a welterweight fight. And I enjoyed the NBA talk. I My Bulls are kind of screwed. Not for once. Good news about my Chicago Bulls, and hopefully Zach Levine does become a superstar. And I love how Brian went from looking at it in the aspect of Damian Lillard, and you look at it to compare to Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. So I thought that was a very, thought that was very interesting. I did really enjoy that part of the conversation. But big thank you to Brian Custer. Next week. McWilliams Arroyo will be on the podcast. He will be on Tuesday, as we'll be on now. The podcast will be airing on Wednesday and Friday. And Wednesday's version of the podcast, McWilliams Arroyo will join us, join me, as he'll be facing Julio Cesar Martinez for the WBC flyweight title in the co-main event of Canelo Alvarez's return to the ring against Alvani Yildirim from Hard Rock Stadium out in Miami, Florida live and exclusively on DAZN. So I'll talk to McWilliams Arroyo about that fight. I love that fight. I'm looking forward to it. It should be, it is the biggest fight in the career of one Julio Cesar Martinez. Friday's podcast is up in the air on who the guests will be. We may have multiple guests, including a big one. So I'm crossing my fingers on that one. I'm hoping and praying that one will happen. But, and I will keep you guys updated. We'll have an update on the podcast when you listen to this coming up on Wednesday. And actually, I take that back. We're going to have a special podcast on for you guys. It'll either be up late Sunday night or first thing Monday morning recapping WWE's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Daryl Rivera will not be joining me. I'm going to look for someone to join me on the podcast. And we will have a conversation breaking down the pay-per-view. So I'm looking forward to that. But... Don't forget to listen to the Walkway to Fight Club. Rate, review, download, subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on there. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify, iHeart. You name it, we're on there. The only thing we're not on is Stitcher. And that's due to some, t- there's a, some type of issue that we're having with 
Stitcher right now. So hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be back on Stitcher. I want to thank Brian Custer, the host of Showtime Championship Boxing, for joining the podcast. It's definitely greatly appreciated. It does mean a lot. You can find me on Twitter at smuelhausenjr. That's S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-J-R. You can find the Walkway to Fight Club as a Twitter page at Walkway Fight. Also on Facebook, just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. And also an Instagram page, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. This is Steven Mielhausen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I greatly appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you once again to Brian Custer. And I will talk to you guys coming up Sunday night, Monday morning, to recap WWE Elimination Chamber. And then on Wednesday, McWilliams Arroyo will join us. This is Steven Mielhausen. Peace.